Alright, this is Season 5, Episode 8 of the Art Fight Podcast, here with Aaron Murphy. Hey, what's up? How are you doing? Hi, good. Thank you. Joe Thank Nolan, you for having how are me. You? I'm good. How are you, Brian? Uh, Joe, I have not had nearly as much coffee as you. No, I've had co- I've had coffee all day. We were just talking about that. <laughs> so, can <laughs> you say that again stream. just a little more slowly? <laughs> uh, but anyway. No. <laughs> and, and I just... I got a small, though. I didn't get a big one. Oh, yeah. Well, I haven't had that much. I've had... Two 16-ounce Starbucks Pike places. But only that's all. That's not that much. <laughs> yeah, that's... <laughs> that's not that much. Wait, say that. Two 16... Two 16-ounce. So this is your third. This is... But this is only 12. Okay. So that's what? 44 ounces of coffee? Does that seem like too much? <laughs> I, for you, no. Is that I think right? That's, is that, is that the right I think it's number? part of your brand. It seems like a lot. It's part of your brand. Yeah. You know, That's coffee. really good. Yeah. It's part of the brand. <laughs> Yeah. Well, so um, so what's up? How are you today? What's going on? How are you doing? What's happening? I'm great. I'm good. Um, let's see. I came here from the conservators. I thought I also, you did. Yeah. yeah. That's a, uh, what's his name? I, t- I told uh, somebody, Duncan today, I told him that, that you were working and that you were going to be having to come over here for, like from West End or what. He's like, what? I'm like, what? He was like, what's she doing at West End? I'm like, I don't know. And I'm, I'm, he's like, maybe she's working uh, with Cynthia. And I was yeah. like, yeah, that's West End. West Endish. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she's over on Ackland, Cumberland Art Conservation. Do you live on this side of town? I don't. I live on the south side. South um, side. Yeah. So over Melrose. Yeah. Kind of fairgrounds, Berry Hill. I live right mm-hmm. in that little section that's none of those neighborhoods, but all right. of those neighborhoods. Yeah, 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 yeah. So for people not in Nashville, typically we try to define things erroneously by sort of east or west, but really there's actually this ever-present south. It's true. And north, which are both really cool places with a lot of really cool things going on, but at the same time both undergoing a lot of change, as is the rest of the city. And with respect to South Nashville, it's like one of these places where you drive around and you're like, it's it's more apparent probably in the south part of Nashville than anywhere where you're like nothing was designed for this shit of like what's going on right now. Mm-hmm. You, you got traffic jams on neighborhood streets. Yeah, that's true. You know, it's just not... that whole the Berry Hill phenomena ultimately yeah. is just like a little two lane. It's like one of the first disasters that happened, and it just is never going to get fixed because it's just not ever built to be anything but what it is. And yeah, so uh, you have like you know, miles long traffic jams at stoplights that just kind of just wind up all through the neighborhood. And mm. it's crazy. I used to uh, work down that way on, oh, okay. uh, on Sidco yeah. Drive. Oh, yeah. And um, I, I don't miss the, the commute at all, especially now that they're tearing up all the interstate or whatever but right but anyway so um but i like it over there there's like that's where all the good there's a lot of good food i was there's just gonna of, say yeah. that i'm like we have all the really good food though the you really, really good stuff yeah 100 percent. the mean, people, like people, hole in the wall yeah you people gotta want to talk about, about like all yeah. the like this amazing chef that just opened a thing in midtown i was like it's like you Nobody gotta cares. go just go to Nolensville yeah, road exactly. and, and just forget about it yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah drive till you can't read the signs and then pull right. over exactly <laughs> exactly yeah. if it looks sort of dim and you can't see into it it's yeah. gonna be great yeah, totally, take, totally. A, take a chance it really is hard to like have a bad experience anywhere on, mm-hmm. on uh, and you know for also people that don't know Joe you've done uh, an extensive uh, essentially a photo study on the pikes in Nashville uh, the, these uh, sort of parkways I guess that are mm-hmm. these long stretches of roads that kind of are sort of the bike bicycle spokes that sort of connect the wheel of the city and they're very storied over time because they uh i guess started off ultimately as toll roads way back in the day mm-hmm. that were sort of some of these, them were even indian trails yeah wow. yeah and yeah. then now they're just these long infinite stretches of sort of five lane road that just go on and on and on and they have uh, every sort of 
mostly kind of what most people probably consider low rent kind of establishments yeah. and tire know, shops tire shops and check cashing and, and whatever mm-hmm. but it's all but it's just littered with all sorts of gems all the way through it 100%. for miles and miles and miles um, and Nolensville Pike where the one we're talking about it's like it's in an area in Nashville where there's like a huge international population and with that comes like the best food in the city Without a doubt. Yeah, it's true. Uh, the Salvadoran place on Timmins. Mm-hmm. You were talking about that, I think, on the last podcast. Yeah. <laughs> the little blue place? Yeah. Is that the pupusteria? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. It's yeah. beautiful. The building's gorgeous, too, right? It is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so I'm, a, I'm a fan. But then, so, you know, um, I understand that you've been in Nashville for not crazy long time, right? Like, it's been yeah, how many I'm years? Yeah, I'm still new Nashville. Yeah. Uh, like, <laughs> o- over four now. Just, uh-huh. just over. And then just the conversation we were having next door before we came over, uh, you're you're just leaving. <laughs> just leaving. Well, mm-hmm. well, I'm moving. I'm moving to Norway to go to graduate school. Mm-hmm. So that's like the only possible thing that you could have said that I would have said. That's okay then. Yeah. Right. Right. I, yeah. People have a hard time fighting me. Right. On the and you got to you, Norway. You're not. Do Do we still just call it like a full ride scholarship when it's grad school? I mean, it sounds like you. I mean, that sounds like a like a football thing. I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I. What do we call, I, it? I call it for art grad school? But I think well, the system is really different over there. So that uh-huh. program is funded. Okay. In time, like everyone who gets in, it's not like they were like, oh, we've got to get Aaron. You know, like. But if you get in, some money. That doesn't if you cost get in, you anything. it's free. There's no tuition uh-huh. for the program that I'm in, and That's for fantastic. most of the programs at NTNU at the mm. master's how level. How civilized, how first world. I know, I know. <laughs> um, well, what's what's really surprising, a lot of a lot of places in Scandinavia do that, but not a lot of places in Scandinavia do that for um, non-EU citizens. So oh, they, okay. they do have kind of a particularly competitive and interesting system where if you can get in, like, you you're can. You're in if you're in, you're but in. you gotta get in. Yeah. Well, that's the way it should be, I suppose, right? I mean... I mean, I I liked that about the school. I thought that was I thought it was really nice that we weren't all competing for our livelihood. You know, a lot mm. of programs have the like people who are there on the full ride and the people who are there on the half ride and the mm. people who probably should have fought harder because they could have more aid. Yeah. Don't you know? Yeah, yeah, or like yeah, the, yeah. the full parent ride. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. yeah or that. Yeah. Exactly. It is kind of nice that it's like there's something kind of pure about the idea that that you guys are all there and it has nothing to do it doesn't have anything to do with money or anything like that you're just there because you were talented enough to present yourself in such a way that they're like we would love to have you be a part of this this class this year or whatever yeah yeah, yeah. and I, I hate that it's that much that that's a big part of the discussion around uh-huh. grad school but I think if you want to go to grad school for fine art it really is yeah you're you're right on it is this, yeah. so this is a gap for you right like you've been out of school for a yeah, minute I'm and then old, I'm a little old to go to grad school or I feel like oh, I am oh no are you kidding me <laughs> Like, That's ridiculous. I waited for okay, well, seven then. years, eight years. Now. So just to make you feel a little bit better, not that you need to be made to feel better, but I I went to um, what do you call it undergrad? Um, <laughs> yeah, I did I did undergrad in my mid thirties for fun. Nice, I like that. <laughs> So here I am, like, you know, taking whatever art history 101 or whatever with a Wait, bunch so of like did you, 19 year olds. What did you major in? What was your media studies? Nice. Yeah, at Hunter College. Wow. Oh, that's awesome. In New York. Yeah. yeah. So I went to City College for a minute and uh, for a year and then transferred to Hunter, all within the CUNY system. Okay. Um, essentially, like, for me, especially like being older, like, that, that's what was so funny about it is like um, the, the, the younger people that are in the classes there. 
they're sort of in the still like you can see them wearing it like the drudgery of I'm still in school and school's just like this this sort of blanket oppression right, over me yeah. and my real self or whatever mm-hmm. and man I just can't wait to get out of school kind of vibe whereas and they're complaining about all the assignments and like all the things you know I yeah. can work and just you know whatever I'm there literally being like this is a vacation mm-hmm. this is yeah. the best vacation ever this is like a a way for me to just uh, be in a completely randomized situation. And, you know, there's still gonna be things that I, like, it's not like I know everything. Mm. So I'm, I'm gonna learn stuff. But like, for me, it was like, really, I have to go to a museum all day and write. Yeah, bummer, yeah. right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. rough day, yeah. rough yeah. day. Well, I don't know, the assignment's just not very clear. And I don't know, you know, it's just like. Right, yeah, and you're like, who oh, cares? Yeah. Yeah. Who cares? <laughs> What's the worst thing that's gonna happen? Yeah. Like, you fail like whatever who cares but it was cool actually at the time especially uh, at that time because uh, I had because of my um, attending the school a city university then I had free admission to every museum um, just endlessly so so I would go oh, that's to, cool. um, that is cool. so uh, I would go to like MoMA just all the time mm-hmm. uh, and that was when Marina Abramovich was doing her uh, now famous uh, and you know sort of piece yeah, it was there. at the artist's present where she was yeah. sitting. Oh, yeah. So I went. Yeah. There, I would go. It was like part of my routine that I would go visit Marina. You know, like because <laughs> it was just I would ride my bike and just pull over, walk in, go sit. You know, it's like right in the lobby there. So I would just go and sit down and just like watch her do her thing for an hour or two, and then just pick up and go. You know, it was like <laughs> part of just the the lay of the land. So it was a really interesting experience. But I can see how like uh, you know anybody that you know when you when you leave something that's like structure and then you're not in structure and then now you're reapproaching structure but it's actually an elevated structure that is now international that has a whole other set of sort of things about it right Uh, i'm sure you're feeling like you know a welcome kind of pressure for it you know in some way yeah i'm glad i mean i needed i definitely needed the time off because i wasn't sure if i wanted to go to graduate school, I did my BFA in painting at MICA in Baltimore, mm. which was an awesome experience, but it's also like 200 other people who want to be painters, and it's a little claustrophobic. And I, I felt like there was a, we were kind of given a worldview, you know? It's like, this is what it is to be an artist, and this is what you need to do. and. I didn't feel like I fell into that really easily, and I think I needed the time to sort of sort out what I really wanted out of it, so that now I can appreciate it. Like mm-hmm. I feel like now I have a much stronger understanding of what I want to do, and mm-hmm. so critique is more helpful for me because I know when it's constructive and when maybe it's like that's cool, but that's not my thing. Like I'm yeah, not, yeah, yeah, I'm not going to turn this into a wearable performance piece. <laughs> you know, it's not. Yeah, I think you need to. I mean, I think that you're making you're making a good point about something where it's sort of like, you know, I know this. Like if you're in the middle of some kind of creative project or something, there's a certain point where it's almost it's almost like the only thing to do, the only smart thing to do is to like open this up so other people can somehow look at it and and give you some perspective on it but 
until you know what you think you're doing and what you're trying to do and how well you've accomplished that, like you, there's really nobody else's ideas or opinions can, there's just, there's just, it's inappropriate. Yeah, it's not even yeah. helpful because then you're anything. just kind of fishing for compliments, right? Mm. You're just like, oh, they liked that. So yeah. you should do more of that. It's like telling a right. toddler they have bad style. Or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah, and you're like, like hold on, yeah, let me figure like, out what I'm sure. doing and then yeah. we'll talk about the value of it or whatever. Right. I think, um, but I do, I'm interested in this because I, you know, I feel like we're in a weird place right now with like online resources, with the way the economy has changed, with the fact that college has become like, like, you know, higher education in general is like, to many people's thinking, it's like, this is like an impossible thing now, you know, as opposed to what it might have been years ago. If not maligned. Yeah. And so that's the thing I'm getting at, too, is like, I think that there are lots of people now who are saying, you shouldn't even think it. You shouldn't even bother going to college. You don't even need to go to college. La la right. la la. Yeah. So there's all that's going on. And like you just said, when you're talking about going for a master's degree in a fine art program, it's like it's like what is the efficacy of this? How does this help your career? What is the plan? So I'm very I'm curious to know like what is it that why are you going to do this? I mean, part of why you're going to do it is I would think, or one thing that makes your situation different is it is a funded program, so you're not putting down tens of thousands of dollars to go get more education that may or may not apply you and this, know what this I mean? is an intervention we're right. going to talk you about <laughs> this right now oh god no no no, no we're not going <laughs> but I do want to know I do want to know like, what, man what you're did right you... I never thought of it that way <laughs> in these last why years, am I getting another degree oh my, I don't I'm need going, this oh, like efficacy yeah. what's efficacy it's so cold there yeah. <laughs> what am um, I thinking no, it is I, warm yeah, in Nashville exactly <laughs> we have summer but what have you come up with that makes you feel like no this is the step I want to take yeah I mean I really wrestled I've wrestled with this for years because I part of going to a really good art school is that there's a really clear path of like, and then you go to Yale and then you get your first piece in this show and then you, you know, and I didn't feel like I wanted that and I wasn't, but I did, but I did want to be an artist and I wanted to be successful and I just didn't know what that meant. And so Mm -hmm. I've spent a lot of years, you know, I think it's really personal. I think you, it got a lot easier for me to make this decision when I realized I needed to just ask I need to stop asking other people what I sh- what's smart and what mm. I should do. And I just need to think about what I actually want to do. And I'm, I literally made a list when I was going to apply of like my dream dream situation. Mm. Because I, I love studying and I love being in an academic mm. environment. And I wanted to do a master's for its own sake. Mm-hmm. So like I wanted to get my master's. I wanted to learn another language before I turned 30. I don't mm. know if that's clock sticking it's probably not gonna <laughs> totally happen for me I'm, but you know I wanted to I wanted to like the discipline of that and also just the kind of magical experience of challenging your brain to mm. to relate to language in a different way and I, I wanted to travel more I love getting to be in new environments and I thought if I instead of looking at my masters like how is this gonna make my art career better like how is this gonna make me stand out if I stopped doing that and said what do you want to do if no one cared and no one was ever going to, you know, I would want to paint and I would want to, I wanted to do some more design work. You mm-hmm. know, I do some set design and some oh, cool. e- exhibition design and I wanted to be able to do more of that and I wanted to travel. And so I started looking at programs through that lens instead and not caring about, you know, U.S. News and World Report ranking and also uh-huh. fi- like finances where that, I didn't think it was even going to be possible for me to go abroad because while... 
Yeah, it's tens of thousands. And then, you know, visas, moving, mm -hmm. living, you know, I... Yeah, there's still going to be expenses. There's obviously. still expenses, and I've been saving for a while, but it's still, you know... Mm -hmm. It's strapped down. It's yeah, exciting. <laughs> but ultimately, this is not like trip fall. Go to San Antonio. Like this is, is something where like the worst outcome of all of this is going to be that you have an experience that you know will be on the level of otherness and uh, right. you know just yeah. the, it's going to stir the 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 gray matter in in interesting ways that you, you're always going to benefit from. So whatever the worst thing is that could happen would be still really awesome. <laughs> exactly. You know that was a really great piece of advice. Also, I, I got from my dad because when I got into this program, I actually panicked a little bit and I called my dad and was like, "So <laughs> should I just take all my life savings?" And you know, I'm like, "Do I need a master's?" I did that sort of whole thing again, and he was like, "Worst comes to worst, you hate it." Yeah. You drop out and you did a year of a master. That's still pretty cool. And you start over again. You get a job and you, yeah, you, you know, like I think that's yeah. the difference between having your identity wrapped up in something versus just um, not that I'm going to drop uh, out of grad school in <laughs> I'm coming for you. I'm sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. but you, you know, I, I think when when people are trying to assign the external values or perceptions perceived value of things to them like wearing it like a badge in some way like well yes I am going to be doing this particularly um, you know uh, whatever well appointed thing yeah, that exactly. I'm doing and, and everyone's heard and, of it and, and, yeah, uh, yeah like if if that's satisfying to people and that's what they need then that's the kind of person that will be probably uh, more anxious about that kind of this kind of uh, transition and and effort and change than somebody that's you know sounds like where you are it's like you're not trying to like wear like a like a like a brand right like you're just yeah and a surprisingly few number of people have heard of Toronto time yeah yeah <laughs> i mean well the one thing i can tell you though is that um uh i think the only thing i've heard you say that i'm like hmm that doesn't sound like it's going to work out. Oh no. Uh and i'm just going to be honest with yeah, you please, like this is please do. it's not going to work out. Um the language thing. Oh, yeah. You're going to a place with far too many consonants to be successful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you don't think my daily Duolingo practice is going to get no, me no, influency? Yeah, well, sure. Because well. that owl has been just really encouraging for me just the every owl, morning. What's that mean? Do, the, those, never, like the little app the thing? The little app, the Duolingo oh, app. Oh, oh, oh yeah. I don't know about this. It's great. Today it told me that. Uh, what so did it's, it you're say? trying to learn Norwegian on it? Yeah. Okay. Well, like, I mean, we also, so part of this program. Us, let's talk some Norwegian. Oh, no, don't. I'm so bad. How, no, question one, when are you going? When am I going? I leave uh, probably like August. Okay, so that's very soon. Yeah, okay, let's hear all soon. the language that you know. and uh, uh, all the, Let's hear all the Norwegian that you know. Uh, I know that yag is I. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yag. Okay. Yag. Uh, yag. You're leaving in two yag. months. Yag. Eren Kvina. I think that's Kvina. I. Oh, that's I'm pretty a good. woman. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yag Kvina. Yag Eden Kvina. I would not. I would Yag Eden Kvina. I'm sorry in advance, Norway. I'm really butchering. By the way, it's a beautiful language. Yag Eden Kvina. I'm not going to tell you how to learn a language, but I'm going to say that I think that you should concentrate on words that don't illustrate things that are already evident. Yeah. Really? I was going to try and bond some people by just like being like, help, I've lost my wallet. Not like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Where is toilet? Exactly. Yeah. Where, it's true. No, this Where's is my toilet? one frustration with the Duolingo system is, that, you know, I'm trusting their methodology. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to use that. Is it? Do you need? Does it? Do you have to have a subscription to use it? No. It's free. 
Duolingo. I mean, you can pay for a, like a fancier version if you actually really want to learn. Right. If you really want to learn, you can. But I'm money. just trying. I'm just trying to get ahead of. So I'm going to take yeah. classes there, which is part of my degree. Yeah. If you can believe this, That's they're so like. Cool. Well, you're a non-native speaker, so you're going to need to take a class, right? So they'll give you, you're going to have classes there too. I'm going to be taking classes uh, on Norwegian at the university. And also this beautiful class that they have called Experts in Teamwork. It's the translation, which I really enjoy, which is where they make (laughs) all the master's students across all the programs. And this is the University for Science and Technology. So they throw art students into other departments. With like and, chemists and biologists yeah, and shit. And they ask you to all come together towards like a social problem or like a philosophical problem. That's badass. And solve it from your base of knowledge. Like mm-hmm. try to bring something from what it is that you're studying to a problem. Mm-hmm. Which I thought, I was like, wow, that's really. That's cool. That's cool. That's that, a cool yeah. approach. At a master's, because like, I feel like a lot of master's programs are very much. Like you're kind of on your way to being the expert, so yeah. Well, you do you your own hope, thing. That's, what, that's the embodiment of what you hope the whole education thing is. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I know it's beautiful. Like conceptually, it's beautiful. It's yeah. a beautiful idea. Yeah, I think we're I, moving into chemist. I think we've talked about it a little bit on the show, but I think we're moving into a world where, like, the 20th century was all about specialization, but the 21st century will be all about cooperative understanding and holistic uh, idea ideation. And uh, I think that like a new renaissance, like, yeah, and I think that some of the things that we, I think there's there's evidence of this out there i think one of the things that i've seen is the way that like black mountain college has suddenly sort of come back on the radar everywhere i turn around there's like black mountain shit going on and i'm like that's because we're beginning to look at that and recognize it for what it really was because we're seeing it reflected in the culture as we know it but i think that that's that's a lot of what they were doing there was there was this people were encouraged to work across boundaries and you know um, the idea of that was what in the 50s yeah and so i just actually did there was a ruth asawa was a sculptor who uh, was at Black Mountain College, and I sh- there's a new a new catalog just came out that I reviewed for Burnaway. And one of the things I learned while I was reviewing that catalog was that she one of her favorite classes that she took at B- Black Mountain was a dance class with Merce Cunningham, and that was like and that was like something that like completely affected her understanding of like space and all this kind of stuff. And she like that was part of what made those sculptures so like graceful and round and the interesting way she you know weaves this wire together part of it was because of the things she learned about movement from him and uh yeah, i think yeah so, so i think i think it to me it's it's entrepreneurs do this right with like incubators be. and they put yeah. people with different disciplines together that they feel will be complementary and yeah kind of throw some money or energy at them and kind of see what comes of it mm-hmm. um but but yeah so like uh, so black mountains in north carolina and yeah. that uh near Asheville. I, the the way I learned really about Black, I mean, I'm from North Carolina, but I didn't really understand what Black Mountain was until later in life. Um, but through studying abstract expressionism and that, time, like Motherwell, uh-huh. yeah, and sort of that vibe, and um, also a photographer named Aaron Siskind uh, was a big part of the Black Mountain scenario. Oh. Him and uh, no relation, no immediate known mm. otherwise relation. Um, but I, anyway, I don't know about him. Yeah, he he was. I don't think I've heard of him. So he he was awesome. Uh, one of my favorites, actually. Um, mm. Strangely enough, but what kind of stuff do you take photos of? So he was he was kind of. Are you familiar with like I don't know, like Harry Callahan, perhaps, or mm. people like that? Anyway, he was he and Harry Callahan were sort of. So, Aaron Siskin came up uh, taking. He was an English teacher, 
he got a, a, a camera as a wedding gift and then just kind of went nuts with it in the 40s, 30, hmm. 30s and 40s. And he uh, did a very comprehensive document of Harlem in the 1930s and 40s. This is Aaron Siskin did uh, this? Okay. Yeah, and so back then, you know, they were all really compelled by uh, essentially like sort of, it sounds weird to say it now because it's a different tonality about it, but communism and and right. and the cause, the cause of that in that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he went about documenting Harlem, you know, uh, really elegantly and really interestingly, um, and then made his way through the 40s and the 50s and became sort of in the circle of abstract expressionists mm-hmm. and was one of the key photographers that was able to sort of traverse between, uh, you know, photography being for document versus mm-hmm. photography being fine art. And yeah. he's really one of the first to sort of start considering, in the same way that the abstract expressionists were considering painting as sort of singular objects, mm. and the way that you relate to like um, subjects or uh, you know, so basically abstract composition mm. and all of that came to its fruition. And he was one of the key people sort of driving that. So he was hanging around with Rothko. He was hanging around with Franz Klein. He uh-huh. was hanging around with all those guys, and they were all sort of symbiotic in the same yeah. time period and would do exhibits t- together or oh that's cool work together yeah i don't know why i haven't heard his name it, i mean maybe may have come across it but that's pretty fascinating yeah yeah there's a, there's a whole lot there there's mm-hmm. a lot there uh but anyway but yeah that's awesome yeah but you know so like f- f- in your in your sort of origins like what's been sort of the like what was your sort of genesis point with sort of creating things and making and doing uh, or getting ideas out of your head and then where have you gone <laughs> and where have you gone right and where have you gone wrong? <laughs> wow, that's a big question. My <laughs> um, origin point. Well, I was, so I was homeschooled mm-hmm. well, like pretty much up until high school or through high school. I've, when I was 15, I went to into like a early placement junior college. Mm-hmm. Where'd you go to high school or what, what town? Uh, Pensacola, Florida. Oh, okay. Um, and we moved a lot around a lot when I was I lived in Mississippi. I lived in Tennessee. Military family? No, but oh. both my parents are military kids. Okay, so oh. it's in their blood. It's yeah, they're just <laughs> to they, wander. They, yeah, to wander, and I think they may have passed that on. Sounds to me a like little it. Bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I my dad is comes from a family of like. I guess makers like day laborers really like masons and roofers and you know like there's always an interest in that um and like coming from that background of very like um I think there's something like there's something creative in that that you see if you're raised in an environment where mm-hmm. you know like you're problem solving on how to fix a roof or how to you mm-hmm. know pave a driveway or how to there's you know there's kind of beauty and creativity sure. in that and a I, lot. I yeah and yeah. I didn't I didn't see that that wasn't conscious I mean when I was going to school I knew that I was not good at math and science mm-hmm. <laughs> and that I really liked to draw so I ended up actually in this program at RISD, the Rhode Island School for Design. There's a building there named after Aaron Siskin, by the way. Is there really? Yeah. Maybe Just bring up Aaron Siskin again. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but go ahead. Okay. Um, what was it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I went there for architecture. Actually, Neat. This was like high school. I thought I wanted to be an architect because I enjoyed drawing buildings and I assumed there was like... <laughs> direct correlation <laughs> yeah. between the two um, and I just got lucky and had a really wise professor there for that summer who was like you know uh, she you you took a smattering of classes it was like a pre-college you were going to get some credit out of the way and you had a major and then you had your other classes around that so I had a drawing class and the professor of that was a sculptor and she actually took me aside at the end of the class and was like I just want you to know if you want to just do this this is also a thing. You don't have to 
be an architect, be an architect <laughs> or become a designer, become a this, you know, you're allowed to just do this. And that for me was like, I'm from a very practical, you yeah. know, like a military yeah. <laughs> construction family. <laughs> yeah. No one was ever like, if you just want to, you know. You can just draw all the time. You can just draw. <laughs> yeah. like, this, is, this is important yeah. on, on, on its own. It's a big deal. Yeah. It's a big deal. It was you a know? huge shift yeah. for me. It was like a moment, you know, like someone had a balloon and someone just stuck a needle in it. I was like, wow. <laughs> this is a this is a whole different way of looking at the world. So, yeah, yeah and from that program, I ended up I applied, um, you know, because I had a portfolio of drawings, and they actually helped me part of that program because it was it was kind of a scholarship program was that they assigned you an advisor from RISD, and so she just explained, you know, I didn't know anything about ACAD and art school, and you know, I was going to go to Florida State, so. So you had a really fortunate sort yeah, of uh, I just mentor, really basically. Lucky. Yeah, <laughs> and I think that's happened right to me a lot. Yeah, I really feel like a lot of my getting to do things has been. Like but you have to also be open and receptive people. and available to knowledge as well. So it's not like sure, it's a, yeah, sure, sure. You're not yeah. being shepherded. <laughs> shepherded. Yeah. No, no, yeah. no, no. But I think I'm. I think I'm curious and kind of like a hungry person, you know. And I like knowing about other people. And I think I've just been lucky that I've bumped into people who've been like, "Oh yeah, I can help you with that." Yeah, you know, like here's how I know so much more about this than you. Let me just tell you how this works. <laughs> yeah, so, that's cool. Yeah, I I got really lucky, and they explained to me the art school system, and um, I applied to like seven schools. I was super nervous, and I ended up at Micah. So. Mm-hmm. What did your parents think when you decided to go to school to study art? Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're you know what they're really supportive now. We had a r- well. We've got them real... on the phone right now. As a matter right, of fact, exactly. So, yeah. Oh gosh, yeah, exactly. Aaron's Barbara? mom called in there. She left <laughs> yeah. a question. We're going to go to that now. Yeah, she wants to know what I'm going to do with this degree. Um, yeah, I, yeah. They, no, they were. I think college was hard for them. They they wanted to see uh, me do something. You know, they wanted me to be able to take care of myself. Sure, like that's a, that's always been a that's part of the conversation yeah. in our family. Is there there were always, you know, like money was tight when we were younger mm-hmm. and. You know, they they didn't want to see me struggle the way I think they yeah. were like we worked so hard. You know, and mm-hmm. we're going to help you go to college, and now you want to go to college for <laughs> painting, <laughs> like houses. What are you talking yeah. about? Yeah. <laughs> you know, but they've really I think I think that they have seen me work really hard at it and have realized it's not just like and that there can be a practical way of of achieving yeah. Uh, successful productive life within this world yes right now the culture shock for me going from how i grew up to art school Mm -hmm. was like i think it took me like five years after art school to just unpack the (laughs) because that's a really different worldview and i think for a while i felt like to be an artist i had to leave all that middle class thinking and you know i just wasn't you know like somehow i had to become this different esoteric mm-hmm. being well you know? you've been on the hamster wheel your whole life at that point you know like you've been in some curriculum or some guided set of things yeah. that you're supposed to do year after year so you have to have some period of time where you're just left to enjoy the anguish of the un- of uncertainty yeah and just be a person and just figure out how to not die and maybe yeah, perhaps no, enjoy exactly. some shit like, and enjoy yeah, yourself that's a whole that's, that's a whole thing i mean i think that you know there's very different again sort of different types of people and i think that the people that have always been on the hamster wheel and always sort of uh, the, it seems like 
those types of people, especially the, when they come out of college, they go right into say like the business world, right. and then they go through and they get logically whatever pro, you know promotions and the things, and they do all you know. And then I get married, and then I do the thing. As soon as there's like a, a curveball in life yeah. that inevitably is going to come at some point that challenges or threatens sort of everything that you thought ever was, you don't have really a lot of tools to 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 deal with that in a lot of cases you know so i i think it's good to have like this time in between that you've had yeah um or just any you know just you have to have time to figure out how to be a person with no um uh structural programmatic mm-hmm. biorhythmic support <laughs> yeah you know, which you, is you funny have to, like that's days the... where you get up and go i don't know what the fuck i'm gonna do today but i gotta do something yeah because <laughs> i gotta make money or i gotta mm-hmm. whatever yeah. yeah, no, it's true. Like, and that's that's an interesting thing I think about education. That in some ways, the purpose of education is to prepare you to live your life better. But oftentimes, people are like crippled by the structure of mm-hmm. education because it doesn't relate directly to what it's like to need to get up every day and figure out what you're going to do. Yeah, you, know? you don't have a meal card. You can't. No, like you can't just yeah. go in and look at like thirty bins of cereal that are all in those neat plastic rows of containers that you can just go and have twenty four hours yeah. a day. Yeah, the choices get harder. Yeah, I don't even want them. <laughs> no, <right. laughs> yeah, no, it does. It does. I mean, yeah, I, I think, uh, yeah, no, it's it's definitely there's definitely I felt a certain amount of, you know, sort of like panic even like I think when I. When I I moved down to Nashville like right after I got out of college essentially so like I was got out of college spent most of the summer in Michigan and around the time that I would have been going back to college I just moved to Nashville instead and then and then once I was actually down here like supporting myself and everything and I was I mean I was paying a lot of my own bills when I was in college but I was still in college you know yeah, what I mean yeah and and I'm like working kind of part time during the year and then like busting my ass in the summer but it's just a summer job right. and that's not a real job you know yeah, yeah, and then when you true. actually are just like on your own paying your own bills working like every day all of a sudden you're just like what this is how well, how does this work you know what I mean yeah. and at that point you know you're 22 and you still haven't learned just like the basic shit of like, <laughs> like how oh, to manage gosh. a life sign <laughs> up for electric yeah exactly yeah. you just gave me a flashback of like what that that weird feeling of um when you were talking about moving from Detroit to Nashville in the fall mm-hmm. as your first sort of way off of the off of that hamster wheel I, you gave me this flashback of this feeling of like you, that feeling you would have when you're young when um when you're doing something weird in the fall mm-hmm. that's not school mm-hmm. you're like you know there's that weird feeling you have you're like shit what's like, this weird like thing like that everybody's we're doing? gone back to school everybody's <laughs> back to school and I'm not in school like well what the fuck am I doing you know just oh, that, oh. that weird feeling you would have oh when like, you're like out of school yeah like yeah. Oh, okay. and all yeah. of a sudden everybody goes back to school and you're like I don't have to go to school this yeah, year I'm just out here man <laughs> <laughs> five minutes of glee and then like five hours of terror yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah and then it never ends just the stakes just get higher I think you know I will say I think homeschooling and like my weird background of like moving around and my dad you know like when I started his own construction thing and like I think that helped like mm-hmm. cause I didn't I really wasn't ever there was never that safe structure you know yeah, like yeah, yeah. I was always kind of trying to figure it out and always feeling uh-huh. a little bit outside of like you know, I would look at people who went to school and be like, man, they just really know what's going on. I have no idea what's going on. I'm like, I'm just looking out the window at them. You know, I don't know if I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Like, you know, I, I think that helped. Like once I realized after college that I could actually lean on that. It was like, oh yeah, this is just like everything. 
Like, I was only really in school for six years. Mm-hmm. Total. Like, You're like, I was homeschooled. I don't even have any friends I'm going to miss. I don't even miss. have any friends yeah. I'm going to miss. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even, I'm like, I don't even. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> That's a little mean. I'm just going to say. school kid yeah, picking on homeschoolers. It. it never it. goes away. We are an easy target. Yeah. I'm just saying. No. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, I know my I have a godson here in Nashville who's now in his early 20s, but when he was growing up, he was homeschooled and I was I mean, I know that it's different and it's really just about the parents and the kids in any given situation of what the homeschooling actually is. But in this community that I saw here in Nashville, man, those kids were fantastic kids and they're still fantastic kids even as they're grown up now. And I was I'm like I was that. always very uh, inspired by the by what I saw amongst those kids and his little friends and stuff, so they were they were super kids. So That's sometimes cool. that homeschool thing's all right. You know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I guess I'm really biased, so I can't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, 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 maybe I'm just sort of like one of those people that is sort of it's a very lamentable sort of um, way of thinking, but it's kind of like, well, I went to public school and we got like the shit kicked out of us all the time, and there You're was tough. ritual, you know, yeah. there was like this whole thing, and there were people from different parts of town that you had to like figure out how to deal with you know and like all this kind of stuff you know I mean, yeah. that's important though it, that, that it is, is important. A, that's something you don't get homeschooling and i think is is a shame mm-hmm. like you probably didn't get beat up very much or anything i really didn't <laughs> I, I had a very fortunate yeah. <laughs> time I'm sorry yeah about that. I, I know thank you like i like yeah. a, my middle school they had a thing called black friday where it was like the first friday of every school year <laughs> and that was just where basically the new class that would come in would just be completely terrorized by the older class and, uh, and I'll never this forget. This is in high school? In middle school. Oh, so middle this was school. Wow. So like fifth graders are getting their asses kicked so by this is like se- this is seventh and eighth grade. Okay. Um, and so when you're coming in as a seventh grader, the eighth graders are hazing all of the seventh graders. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, uh, at that age, you don't really have a lot of sort of hazing tact. Mm. Like you're just doing. Like, <laughs> Do you develop that? Is that something band. like? That's so a band. I, oh, this is going if, too far, guys. Yeah, yeah it's, okay. a, it's a band okay. name I came up with. No, scare, I like scare them, but you know. Yeah. No, but the, but, <laughs> but I'll just never forget because uh, the etiquette. Of I, I was I was pretty nervous, you know, going exile. You, you hear about this. You're super excited about going to middle school, but you're like, but this is gonna. I, I got to get through Black Friday. What about Black know? Friday? Wow. And uh, and the only thing that happened to me, I didn't get beat up, but somebody did dump. Uh, pretty much like an entire Elmer's glue thing on my head. Oh my God. And that stuff dries really quick. <laughs> peeling it off. So that was that was a situation. That's But I survived. You did. And you didn't have that in homeschool, did you? I, I didn't. Mm. I really didn't. See? You know, my older sister, she's pretty you demure. Yeah. <laughs> so you have siblings too, huh? I do. I have one sister. Okay. Yeah. Who's why I moved here. She lives here. She loves Nashville. Oh, she does? Ah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Does she, well, why doesn't she ever come out and hang out with you? I don't know. That's a great. Because she was homeschooled. You're listening, Megan. Why don't you ever come hang? No, yeah, because well, Megan Murphy. Yeah, Megan Shelton. Now, yeah, I know. Um, And there's the answer for not going out. Super Irish. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) No, just a different, different life Uh, phase. She's little. She's three kids. I have Mm -hmm. three nieces. Oh yeah. Okay. Enough said. She's not coming. She's not coming out to like first Saturday with me with her three kids in town. Why doesn't she come out? I don't understand. How come she doesn't come right in? What's the problem? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. She's got. She's got stuff to do. You know. So. So then, like, how do you, as far as your your adventure that's coming, how do you envision at least right now? I know it'll probably change, but how do you envision right now that your 
outlook uh, or practices in terms of your work will be affected or changed? Do you have some? Do you have some way that you're sort of aspirationally looking we, at it? Like we, I'm going to kind of before we dive into that, can you like oh my God. can you start us off by just telling people we haven't talked at all about yeah. anything about what your work actually is? Yeah, well, that, I that, thought, was, I that was my way to try to get us. That was my way to kind of get us there. I figured you would have to draw the first part of it for us to understand the second part. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Talk about all the art. Talk about all the art. I mean, I feel like primarily like the the roots of my practice is drawing. Like I make a lot of drawings. I make sculptures from those. I do sometimes like sculptural installations from those, but it all comes down to like like mark making and repetition and pattern finding and things that I find interesting in nature that I kind of become a little bit obsessed with and I want to replicate and I want to sort of move in one direction or the other. So I I Norway was a specific choice in terms of like as I was researching with that list, looking for environments that were really fascinating mm. to me. You know, I do a lot of, before I started making the drawings that I'm making now, I was doing a lot of rubbings around Tennessee of like bark surfaces and like old monuments and getting those kind of surface textures, just taking impressions and sort of building collages out of those. Um, so I wanted to go somewhere where nature was like a focal point and where so that was part of the conversation them? yeah the, so you take the the rubbing so I'll take a rubbing and then I'll make a drawing got it it's kind of like like I'm trying to take the translation farther yes. and farther away got until it. it becomes an abstraction got it and like I'm really interested in this I don't do you guys know um, have you ever heard the term biophilia the of love of biology yeah well or like like it's a is term that, the that they're joie using de joie de vie yeah it's like a kind of um joie de vie. it's more used in design and mm. architecture in terms of their study they're studying how we respond to natural forms mm -hmm. in terms of our psychology and mm. even like our physiology so like like if you're designing a hospital wanting to feel that it's full of light and that there's windows and that there's organic forms over mm -hmm. just like because this this affects our sort of like stress and mm -hmm. how we're processing. In a primordial the sound, yeah. of, the sound of running water. Yeah, like we have a natural environment yeah. that we kind of forget about. I think like, I'm, I'm fascinated by like what, we are in nature, but I don't think we think of ourselves as being, like we, everything that we have, everything that we make, every everything came out of, like we're, we're not separate from nature. Mm -hmm. We're interacting with nature, but we're able to be in our heads so much and yeah. create these, sort of other systems and these systems that are more based on you know relationship to each other rather than to the world around us mm -hmm. um so I, I wanted to be somewhere where i felt like i could have that conversation i could write about those things you know norway is also really famous for design and mm -hmm. they're very famous for landscape mm -hmm. i mean some amazing landscape painters like came out of norway and the environment there is so lush and austere and it defines your life there because it's mm -hmm. a very like I don't want to say a harsh climate but it's a very present climate I mean you right. only have three hours of daylight in the winter there mm -hmm. so like you're very aware of your place I think right and having to adapt to mm -hmm. natural processes it's very elemental mm -hmm. and it's everything like yeah. it's, it's a it's a more dire kind of environment or it something. It is, yeah. it is. And that, to me, there's something really beautiful about that, like, dire. 
like a diary. Enjoy it. Like a that. But you know what I mean. Like uh, as compared a stark to say Pensacola. Environment. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like Pensacola. I, hey, you know, well, I in know a different the way though, real because like, there. they are. I'm just saying. But hurricanes. But hurricanes. Pensacola is like the easiest breeziest place to live, unless. I mean, when I was living there, we had Ivan, mm-hmm. you know, and Katrina. I mean, it's like smooth sailing until it's really <laughs> not, you know, until or it's devastating. Go, or you could die. Yeah. <laughs> so it's really, yeah, that's, that's extreme in its own way, I guess, yeah. the swamp. Yeah, it's really great until it isn't, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, but so, but there's, there's, um, there's just really drastic landscape and, uh, light is going to be different i mean there's just going to be so many things i'm so excited for that like in in whatever limited per se sort of travel experiences i've had like the thing that struck me the most was uh when i was in i was in pompeii and i saw just mediterranean sun on ancient pigment that had been once under volcanic ash and then brought forth to to be back in the light again preserved but now back out in the light and to see it like mediterranean light hitting those pigments in that situation i was like oh i'm seeing a million different degrees of things i've never like i've yeah. never seen before mm-hmm. where, uh, it, where it's not different yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That feeling of like wow this is it's maybe like this is what <sighs> this is what daily life is for bjork <laughs> yeah, exactly. this is just what she sees all the time. This is just normal for Bjork. Yeah. No, but uh, it makes Bjork's <laughs> work make yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so to, back to Brian's question: What do you think? You know, if this is where your work has been, you know, based in drawing and and looking reflecting nature and all this kind of stuff, do you think? Do you have any sense of where it might head off to when you get there, or it'll just be a different version because it'll be a different environment? Well, yeah, I think the different environment mm. will be dark. Mm-hmm. I guess I was mostly curious about whether you have a design towards it or whether you're just sort of availing yourself to it. Well, I mean, I do in the terms of that when you apply to a European programs, you have to give them, like I've had to propose my thesis mm-hmm. already. Oh, wow. So tell I, us about that. What is yeah, it? So I can tell you exactly <laughs> what I will be doing according to the piece of paper according I sent them. According to the them. thesis that you may or may right, not Right, that I may with. or may not <laughs> follow. Sounds um, like a grant application. It's, it's, it is. It's really similar to that, um, which was a shift for me. But I, so I wrote about, um, this this past year I did an exhibit for Cheekwood where mm-hmm. I kind of translated. They wanted, they wanted kind of a dreamscape room for a show that they didn't have the number of objects that they wanted to kind of illustrate some of the concepts and the things they wanted to talk about. Mm-hmm. So they asked me if I could sort of design them something that would, they would give people something striking and visual to draw them into this story about the architecture of the building mm-hmm. and about how it was built. And then I got to do some concept drawings um, for Bon Iver, the mm-hmm. musical artist. Mm-hmm. And I've been doing more and more of that kind of like design, mm-hmm. like making drawings and then turning them into something sort of bigger. And I make all these drawings, you know, my studio practice is pretty scaled down because mm-hmm. I work out of my house and you know I make really meticulous like intimate work and so I want to take that those really small drawings that are really immersive and sort of environmental and turn them into environments like build the physical environments oh, okay, with cool. the space and the time and the tools and the resources of, oh okay great you know getting to be in a university setting yeah so, do you feel like do you feel like that there's so um, that's my thesis I like it. <laughs> I, no, I, I also it. paint and I didn't really talk about that in my thesis uh-huh. so cool I could also go rogue you know the, <laughs> yeah. all the Harold <laughs> Solberg paintings you know I might get there and be like wow 
be like Norwegian what, landscape what painting this, is the best. What if you get the same yeah. person from RISD is there and they're like, you don't have to do this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's gonna be just waiting she just for keeps me. You, around. Yeah, exactly. you don't have to do this either. <laughs> I you know what? She gave me great advice the first time. I mean, I don't yeah, potentially. I feel mm. like that's what my advisors are. And then you find out like again. she's not even she's an apparition. Like she's not, you're what yeah. I'm looking Whoa. for what, what's her name? Uh, oh, uh, what do you I call her? <laughs> I don't know. But I'm don't totally blanking. Oh, I don't well. remember her name. No. Yeah. The awful. most important person you've ever met. I'm feeling really. Yeah. No. I'm very. I'm really bad with names. I, I have a terrible memory for like. I can picture. I could picture her. I could describe her curls to you and the kind of clothing that she wore and the way that she walked. But like <laughs> names for me are really difficult because she was never there. Yeah, I'm actually like in a hospital somewhere. Like this is all in my head, and I'm in a coma. Yeah. So the, but that's that's Aaron. Aaron. <laughs> Wake up. In a weird way, that you're kind of being straight up though. And I'll squeeze you my. Kind of have left yourself <laughs> a little bit of an out in a way because you're sort of you're not. If if painting is sort of your whatever you want to call it, like core competency or whatever, and it's not really hinging on on that then it's like oh you don't like this well then watch this that's Bam. true and they yeah. might even they might think that it's evolution instead of yeah. just me just going back to <laughs> just t- don't even tell them that you know how to paint it all just be like I just also maybe consider dabbling a little bit let's just see where this goes <laughs> yeah. you know maybe let's see I don't know I feel like the the department they seem pretty with it I think they, <laughs> I think they'll know you know they'll be like, mm. <laughs> are you gonna are secret you, painter exactly so are you gonna be in some sort of a cohort or group of people there that is you, you were talking about sort of your earlier college experience being sort of you know the critiques and the large classes and the or you were speaking to just sort of this collective opinion machine of the bullshit weed. that's kind of going yeah. on um, how big or small is the program that you're in so as to not sort of repeat? It is a smaller, yeah, it is a small, I mean, it's a much bigger university, uh-huh. like 25,000 students. Jeez. Micah mm-hmm. had like 1,500 mm-hmm. to 2,000 wow. with grad students. So it's a huge environment. And then the art department there, the Kunstakademiet i Trondheim is really, nice. Uh, thank you. I practiced <laughs> that. that I practiced that before my interview. Um, that, I think there's 20 of us. There's going to be 20 graduate students. And this is across. So it's a fully interdisciplinary department. So video, art, painting, drawing, sculpture. And also they're going to let me take some architecture classes in terms of this kind of spatial building because they are, they're architecture department. Back to the very beginning. I know. Isn't that weird? Yeah. I'm actually thinking about that a lot. Like I'm Interesting. Like, maybe I just wasn't ready to... Are you just more looking you know. for like the the survey course one hundred and one concepting of what at that you know yeah. the trade yeah. of being in architecture? But there's still I'm really something unanswered in there. Interested in architectural history, and mm-hmm. I'm really interested in how we build spaces and like how we build our world, like what we choose to. Mm-hmm. What are some um, of your favorite spaces that you've ever been in? Ooh, that people would know. That people would, okay, so I don't know if people will know this, but it is one of my favorite buildings that I've ever seen. The Welsh National Opera House in Cardiff is like an abstracted version of the Welsh landscape. Mm. It's the inner, like the the sort of, I don't want to call it facade, but the kind of facade, like all of the finished touches on it are kind of mimicking the surface texture, like the rocks and the environment of like whales, like being on the coast. Mm -hmm. Uh, and it is it's right on the water Mm. and I remember like seeing this 
building and being in it for the first time being because I, I went to I was when I was backpacking I went you know I was also still had my student card so I could go like mm-hmm. the day of and see an opera for like five pounds it was amazing you mm-hmm. know like you're just you're in um and that building I always thought so I'm gonna take a really nerdy side go there please here. do okay I, I felt like you guys were my audience <laughs> so do you remember reading Lord of the Rings as a kid and how all the buildings and the environments and the worlds were like very specific mm-hmm. to where they lived. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you went to Lothlorien and all of a sudden the architecture was different and the trees were different and they built them into the trees. Yeah. I remember reading that at like 14 or 15 and thinking, why don't we do that? Do that. Mm-hmm. Like, it's really weird to me that we build the same skyscraper in like Tokyo and, you know, in these places. I remember like that for me was a weird mm. thought and moment and like looking at Alan Lee's illustrations for that and mm. thinking, yeah. I didn't have that deep of a thought when I read that. But really? Nobody I else just thought, was. Yeah. I just thought like, oh, no cool, one it's else different. has <laughs> been bothered by this other place either, is different so. too. That's five different <laughs> but, places he made. But the, but, <laughs> yeah. but the answer to that has to be like ultimately pragmatic reasons, right? In terms of just material, the sheer cost yeah. and suppliers and plans and, well, yeah. and how to get something insured or like yes, how, just but, conventional. But it's like, social yeah. too. Like we want to we want yeah, we want to live like, in an American I mean, suburb. This is a, you know, this is philosophy of architecture right here. That's what I interesting right it's like is it more convenient for us or are we creating all of these climate problems that we're having Mm, and all of these globalization issues by not being willing to be patient and adapt to the environments that we live in yeah and build clean and efficiently for where that building is going yeah we're conquesting morons yeah we are i kind of to bend to our will yes like that's yeah we want to build a skyscraper here and if we have to dig out and yeah i don't think it actually is about this whole american experiment is very young (laughs) yeah it's true we are teenagers i I, I don't think our frontal lobe is completely sealed itself together yet here in america not at all it's true no sense of consequences whatsoever yeah Watch this, America. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, oh, uh, I do think though that true. that that idea. I think you know that idea when you just started describing this this opera house in in Wales. I do think that's an idea that we do see more of in contemporary architecture now. Yes. This idea yeah. that it's like no, actually, your building should sort of disappear into the space around it. It right. shouldn't stand out. It should be part of where it is, you know. Or like in a place like Nashville, where you have all this ridiculous gentrification and all this building yeah. going on in neighborhoods and stuff. You know, there are people who are more conscientious about it who are like, no, no, no. This is a, a certain kind of neighborhood, and if you're going to build a new building here, it's should also be a two-story building. It should be reflective building. of should also, the rest you know, of the neighborhood. Yeah, and, and if you don't want to build that kind of building here, build it somewhere else. You know yeah. what I mean? Don't don't yeah, don't just tall and skinny. Yeah, just I mean, invasion. there's just so many places in Nashville where it's like you just have these tiny little you know buildings that workers built back in the '40s or something like that, and now you've got a three-story fucking barn here for yeah. you and your your wife and kid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. And it's, it's like weird. Even, if you have the dough and the means to do that, why would you even want to live in that neighborhood? Go live somewhere else. Else. go get 20 acres yeah, that's yeah. True. But, but, well in the longer in the longer view though just I'm, I'm not like against what you're saying necessarily but i just feel like 
if I'm just looking at it from like, I don't know, the Native American perspective or something. Right, yeah, that's true. It's like, oh, really? Like you're concerned about the craftsman character of the homes yeah. and your, your... Yes. Right, and yes, then, then there's like, that. Yes, I then am. There's, like, that, yeah. there's, there's that conversation, It's kind of like, how about right? go fuck yourself? Like, <laughs> no, what but, are you adapting to? It's not like exactly. you're going to put the Pueblos there. And, <laughs> right. You know, like you're right, not like, going to build are, it out of the what rock. Is like the mystery? We used to have a graveyard here. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, and then also like, and we've talked about this a little bit before but like in defense of the tall skinnies you know which not many people do but i'm like well this is urban density this is what happens you can't i'm sorry you can't have an 800 square foot house on three quarters of an acre in the city anymore right like, uh, and yeah. if you're gonna do that you're gonna pay for it and you're gonna mm. consciously yeah. uh Supply deny uh any of the other offers that you get for that land yeah and you're gonna hold on to it and and whatever but so i mean and like we're you know i used to live in charlotte park over here um you know and it's all 50s and 60s ranch houses yeah which are really just uh like i usually call them they're tall they're short skinnies that are just sideways <laughs> like the the, the mid-century ranch is really just it's just turned this way because there was just more it was farmland and i'm sure that when that was developed in the 50s and 60s people were like what the hell's going on these are just iterations yeah. of the same five or six floor plans and Love this is bullshit towns. and they're like my parents farm used to be here and this used to be my grandma's whatever and yeah and then now like all these bullshit ford themed uh streets are here for the ford glass plant for industry for what and then only 50 or 60 years later now that is the place that's threatened and people are like right these are, yeah these are, and it's, but it's about material though also because it's their brick so there's something more substantive by nature and more mm. dense and more just it feels like it's more grounded there so it feels worse like when those things yeah. are yeah. sort of well knocked. it's still it's still a, it's still a valid building that's a big part of it's it still, you it's, know, totally, it's not it's not falling apart it's, it's not, fucking yeah. solid right. yeah. Yeah. so why are you knocking it down it's a perfectly valid building I mean, I because of urban density yeah. we gotta pack more people in here because more people wanna be here right like you you have to take all those things into consideration right like the Dutch in New York were like I guess we're gonna have to start building up yeah and and big cities always have always have that to, to face mm. like I don't I don't think you would want to live in a place where the building codes were so austere and extreme that you mm. have to be where it's just like a weird government HOA right. yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly that that would be really strange like mm. for that to not happen organically um, yeah it's I mean it's complicated as much as I would love to sure. see it like I would love to see I would love to be yeah like why can't I have a trampoline that Vatican city. city right yeah but also <laughs> <laughs> you know, there, I feel like there's, there's a lot of give and take that has to happen mm -hmm. around those no, things. No, it's like, true. It's true. Because, yeah, urban density is an issue and people want to live in the city. They want mm. to live close to work and pushing people out because of a house that arguably isn't worth a lot of money or isn't going to house as many people as you could house on that mm -hmm. land. Like, I understand the stress of the builders and the developers that they're like, we could that, yeah. put 10 times the number of people here. I think that the disappointment you know? ultimately comes down to just the lack of build quality and purpose that mm -hmm. goes into the actual, it's clearly like a, a, a money grab and a land grab. Mm -hmm. right. So I think that if things were built actually with more like if you think yeah if you think about like this is what um, we were just talking about like yeah. what are those famous yeah. homes in uh, San Francisco that are the Victorian yeah the seven sisters is yeah. that it? yeah like imagine if everything was with had just that level or at least some assertion towards that level of uniqueness and, and craft, craft yeah. and, and being lived in like mm -hmm. yeah. I think just outside of like the it being a conversation about like which way is a better way to build like I do think there's a mentality of like a lack of investment. Like we're doing this to sell it later to make more money and mm. that starts to show in mm -hmm. a place. I think when people aren't living in something, they're not investing in it, they're not making it their own. Yeah. 
they're holding this property for the five-year tax, you know, yeah, thing, so yeah. that they can turn it around. <laughs> people, you know. people aren't going to be sentimental in twenty years when they're like, "This used to be our short-term rental." <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. Man, this was do your you remember? Airbnb. <laughs> 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 you will respect this house. <laughs> Do you have any idea how many bridal parties your grandma rented this fucking house out to? <laughs> yeah, no, it's a different world. Before is, before we yeah. get too far off track, like I want to get us back to talking a little bit about art. I, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I also make art. I, I, we, me and, me and uh, um, Brian an never make really rules about anything we do on the show. And okay. certainly we don't feel like we have to have artists uh, or fighters on here with yeah, we a timely thing to talk at about. All. In fact, I just feel like I mediated a little bit. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think what well, we talked about before, yeah. we, before we talked I on was the a show, poor choice. Uh, uh, Aaron told us that she took a kickboxing class in college. So I that's did. it. That's all. That, that's the fight portion of the show. I did. <laughs> I did take same. one kickboxing class but at the Y. Yeah. One, thing, one thing that you, that, 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 that is timely, and one of the reasons why I wanted to get you on right now is because you do have a show coming up in Nashville with our good friend. And uh, Todd, uh, I was saying Todd oh, Daniel, um, but Todd, uh, Andy, Andy, Andy sorry, why am I saying yeah. Todd? Because everybody knows it, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. But Andy Harding and you are having a show. Tell we us about are. that. Oh, I'm so excited. I'm so excited to do this because Andy and I have wanted to do the show for a while. Like, yeah, I want to know more about like what is what. How did this all come together? Um. Well, the, so the show, the show is called Terra Incognita. Mm-hmm. Um, which is actually an old sort of cartographer's term for mm. it was what they would call the area of the map that no one had explored yet. Mm-hmm. So this kind of unknown. Mm-hmm. It, it literally translates to parts unknown, but that was taken by the great Anthony <laughs> Bourdain. R.I.P. <laughs> so yeah, we we're both very interested. We both have, I would say, like instinct-driven practices, right? Where we move in a direction of curiosity first Mm -hmm. and then let that inform the work and I think we both struggle to be honest about that being how we make things that it's it really is you know like I follow that curiosity Mm -hmm. and then I make things I don't set out a great plan of conquest for my brilliant artistic idea I don't have all the answers until I'm doing it and then I find out what the answers are you're a lot of theseses Theses, I have thesis, a lot of thesis. Yeah. Thesis. Yeah. Thesis. Yeah. Thesis. Yeah. Thesis. Yeah. Thesis. 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 Because I then have to research things, and you know, it, like for me, it's a really holistic mm-hmm. process, and I think it is for Andy too. And we also look at a lot of the same. Like, I got really interested in cosmology for a while, and was mm-hmm. making these drawings of sort of like stars and mythology, and kind of thinking about that relationship to like the wider universe, which is Andy's all about that. He's and he has. I think he started to get a degree in biology or something really smart he, like I, that. I think he got a degree in chemistry. Chemistry, and he, that's and, what and it and is. And he just came to art like kind of yeah. on his own. He he, and that's one of the things I've always loved about Andy. And there's other artists I know who, who I think are are always reaching outside of art to make their art. Yes. And and, yeah. so, and you know, for people who don't know, it's like within contemporary art, it's mostly art about art, which is also can be amazing, but. It's it's kind of great that that when somebody's bringing in 
all this understanding right. yeah. from another perspective. And and Andy's always had this like science thing like floating through his work, which has always been really yeah. cool. And he looks at like I think he he really looks at the visual nature of some of those scientific like the visual you know the the visual representation of scientific mm-hmm. you know ideas like the molecule structure and things like that like inform mm-hmm. his forms right. and i i andy think- recently has been making lots of sculptures out of you know basically just uh uh connecting pieces of wood together yeah, small yeah. like one by one pieces of wood or whatever it is uh, and then and uh, and they just end up looking like you say they look like molecular forms or yeah they're, uh, they're informed by it but then they're not they're, he's not also just copying he's not just going yeah. in and, you know and no. making a 3d representation it's almost like he's in the same way that i'm interested in that kind of note taking from yeah environment and kind of like being present in that and looking at it and kind of absorbing it i feel mm. like he does that with yeah, and then takes science. it and, and runs then takes with it. it and runs with yeah. it, and what he likes about it, or what he's interested in. Mm-hmm. So I think we had that in common, and that can feel sometimes rare in terms of the artwork that's mm-hmm. because there is a lot of art about art um, at the moment. And yeah, it just clicked. We were talking about it, and I asked him like if he would ever want to try and do something like that, and he was all about it. And we've we've kind of batted back and forth how we would do it, and if we would put a proposal together and apply for it and which work we would show. And then I found out I was going to Norway and you're like, we got to do it. Like if we don't do it now here with whatever we can put together, then it's not going to happen. And maybe we'll do more later, you know Uh what? um, So did you, is, did you guys collaborate at all or did you, um, I mean, we, the work we work separately other than like sending photos of Mm -hmm. things and, and him going through work and being like, I feel like this relates more. To what I'm doing, than you know, these other drawings or this other body of work. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was more like finding, trying, trying to build a show that hopefully shows people the sameness that we see in the, like the ties that we see in the work conceptually. Uh huh. So you're, so you're both kind of looking at what you do and saying, like, if we show these kinds of things together, right. That'll, yeah. that'll illustrate the, the so it, that it, aspect editing, of our work. Exactly. So it's by proximity yeah. and. Commonality at some sort of form of essence or concept. It's not about like sort of, and then you're going to do this, and right? Then, oh, yeah, it's not jazz. Yeah. It's not as jazzy as that. It's, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's not as jazzy. Yeah, yeah. Um, now you solo exactly. No, 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 now no. you go. Yeah. Watch this. <laughs> I'm going to put these sticks together. I would fuckers. love to do that. <laughs> we should do that sometime. But I think yeah. also our processes are both pretty labor intensive, so it would be yeah. like a long yeah. haul. I think it'd be fun to collaborate with an artist where you really suck at what they do and they suck at what you do. And, and you then, switch places. So they start the piece, right? And you get it halfway there and it, everything's really cool and crafted and it looks really great and everything. <laughs> yeah. And then just give it to you and then you just fuck it up however you want. <laughs> yeah. Well, that'd be fun. Just call it like gray. Gray. We were, yeah, I think it's, it's interesting though because there's a, there's a show at Zeitgeist really right now. And what's her name? Zipporah Thompson, I think is her name. Yes. And uh, Richard Feaster. That was have, an amazing show. Yeah, so they have so a show up. of like, uh, like, uh, sculptural installations and then Richard does uh, painting and yeah. and but in that case my understanding I talked to I talked to both of them the night of the opening and and it's I my understanding is that there was a little bit more sort of communication going on between them and that they were both sort of talking about all these different ideas and sort of trying to 
kind of respond to each other with those works. There's like a little to bit, the ideas yeah, a little bit work. more of a of a of a of a collaborative sort of thing going on. Even though ultimately Richard made his work and she made her work, right. you know what I mean. But conceptually, I think that they they kind of you know. Um, uh, that that was all sort of something that they, you know, almost like they kind of dreamed up the conceptual nature of the show together and then okay. took off from there. Um, uh, but like you say, this is more of an editing of your work and his work to, to yeah, illustrate I mean, we, the connections. To some extent. I mean, the work, we I guess we have been making it in tandem and we did kind of, there was talk for a while of me also, you know, because I also build really large installations mm-hmm. and Andy's building a large installation for this. I was going to ask. Hopefully yeah, do not know. a spoiler alert, but yeah. I think I can talk about what no, he's building. No, that sounds good. That sounds good. He's been let sending me photos. Yeah, so this yeah. is actually a draft that he had uh-huh. that he wanted to build and I wanted to see him build and I felt like related to our work. So this is the first time anyone will have seen this particular sculpture. It's 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 kind of a jump away from those. Cool. One by, you know, yeah. Um, sort of amalgams he was making before. Yeah, that's cool. Um, and then I wanted to do a big sculpted piece kind of in response. Mm-hmm. And we actually just really realized the space. Uh-huh. Like, so it's a ground it's floor a, it's gallery. It's a ground floor gallery, which I don't know if you've ever been there, but it's a studio complex and it's really, it's a project space. Like it's, it's highest calling as a gallery is really to be a place to try out kind of a crazy idea, you mm-hmm. know, because you have this beautiful but small pristine area at the back of a working right. studio right and there's where, like f- five artists probably yeah. who are there right yeah, five people we know in the scene yeah yeah um so when is this going to be it opens june 8th june 8th so second saturday From five to eight Perfect. second saturday yeah. ground floor gallery which ground floor and, and gallery. Like the street what street's that on it's on fourth avenue on fourth it's south just right? outside yeah. Of, yeah fourth south just it's outside just between downtown. downtown and wedgwood houston yep. and, you know, so it's and that's we were talking about this earlier that sometimes we feel like that's a space that can get overlooked by people because uh on first saturday when there's so much going on that yeah. they're in this weird no man's land between those two big destinations where there's tons of galleries to see right um and for uh, those- but this is the reason why you should check it out because this is second saturday it's probably one of the only art events going on and i believe so especially that. in that neighborhood yeah so. for sure so in, in in terms of uh from the perspective of people that are not in nashville and don't know about nashville strangely That's we have true. a like our, our, strangely like about half of our audience is in california yeah, it's interesting. Very cool. <laughs> so we're, so we're always trying to catch cool each other to be like, okay, well, let's mail give us some, some tacos, y'all. Yeah, let's give some. Con- <laughs> we're always trying to provide a little bit of context. But in terms of that part of town, I mean, how would you describe its recent change or history, just to give context to the setting of like why why these kinds of things are happening over there? I don't know, but the ground floor's been there for a while. Yeah, ground floor is um, kind of one of the... But in, ter- in terms of just the lay of the land, like the neighborhood or... Well, yeah, the neighborhood's yeah. really changing, isn't mm-hmm. it? And it, there's a ton of art happening there, and I think there's like five times as much there as when I moved here four years ago. Like, it's... When my first studio was the old Fort Houston. Oh, wow. Yeah, I, I had that... They had like one little closet yeah. alone space, and that was mine. I worked Was there any there other artist like there at years. that time? Because that's late for that building to be to have an artist space there. You know, I, I yeah. knew a lot of people had artist spaces there years before and that. There were a few that came and went. People came and went. Um, like Rebecca Green, who's a lovely human and illustrator, mm-hmm. was there for a little while, but she needed. You know, they. It was a hard space because sure. the the bike shop was there. Atlas Motorworks was there. Oh. Um, the screen printing shop was there. Um, Five string furniture was there. There's mm, a lot okay. of. There's a lot there. There was a lot going on there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that I mean, that whole neighborhood is now. 
I, I think that's what you're thinking in terms of just yeah. explaining to people mm. that this is kind of so like where was an it? Arts this is the Houston Station complex. Space? Is that where it was? This was after the brick factory, which I didn't live here for, but before where mm-hmm. they are now. Uh, yeah. So, wait, but what building was it again? Was it Houston Station? Is that what you said? I don't know what that building was. I've never known what that building was called, and now it doesn't exist because they bulldozed it. So the building you were in. Yeah. Oh, it's gone. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was. Um, you know where the parking lot for Bastion? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I do. I there's do. a bar there now. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's yeah. a pay for parking lot right where my studio used to that's be. I so go you... there and I stand in that parking space and I just yeah. really. So that's where that's where <laughs> it feel was. Feel the vibes. Yeah. Interesting. Feel the vibes. Um, Interesting. That is the story of Nashville right now. Right? You, your memories are mostly a, a parking lot. Well, that Houston Station area where Bastion is now and all, Hemingway's oh. is now and all the other yeah. stuff is now. It was so that it was, wasn't Houston Station. Yeah. Fort Houston was like this weird garage building. Yeah. Next to Houston Station. Yeah, it was all part of the Chestnut. Um, yes. The uh, the, the Mayhosery. The Mayhosery building. Yeah. yeah, which used to have tons of artist spaces in it. And, and guess stuff. what? It's going to be now. <gasps> wow. Apple Music Home. Apple. What is that? Apple. Apple. The company Apple. Yeah. They're they're the main Mayhosery building there. Mm-hmm. That's theirs now. What? Yeah, Apple wow. Music like i like iTunes, Apple, Apple, Cupertino. Yeah, Apple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. I'm, I'm I'm familiar with yeah. their products. I've yeah. heard that name. They, they make the designy, roundy looking things that people pay mm. too much for. Does that ring a bell? No. What's that mean? They don't make records, do they? They don't. Yeah. Gosh, if they ever did. It, I did not know that. That's yeah. wild. So yeah, basically That's, this neighborhood is a hot neighborhood for those of you listening in California. 100%. Yeah. It's really up and coming. And guess mm-hmm. what, California people, you um you you hear us maybe griping about rent and cost of living and all these things. Well, guess what? For you, <laughs> this is like coming to a third world country. So right. just so just, just come moving. on. Yeah, come on, LA. What do you we, mean only 1500 for a one bedroom? Oh God, yeah. I know. Yeah, it's crazy. Um but I'm 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 so so what did you end up you got to the point of saying you were going to respond to his big sculpture with your own big ass sculpture right. but, you, but then you realized you, that's not going to work in that space yeah and well I think I also realized so I make it a lot of these really meticulous drawings that Andy like has been so supportive of and really mm. you know it's like making tiny drawings is its own sort of I feel like people are like is this work you know <laughs> um, and I've never really been able to show them all together and mm-hmm. so you know I'm working on a couple now that I have started working on since I knew what he was doing. Uh So in that way, they are responsive. Uh But they're also building off of, like, I'm going to try to show the kind of evolution of where I started with those drawings. So how many drawings are we talking about? I'm thinking there's going to be nine. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's my... How how big is a tiny drawing? Well, I mean, (laughs) when I say that they're tiny, not all of them are tiny, but, like, it's pen and ink drawing and right. it's pretty meticulous so right. even the ones that for me are like massive right it's like 24 by yeah, you yeah. know it took me it's three tiny years details, it's, exactly. yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, very yeah. detailed I guess yeah. that's a better way some yeah. of them are very intimate but some of them are bigger you know, but bigger. still very detailed but still very detailed yeah that's cool so and so you're kind of a con- control freak no, actually, weirdly, this is maybe how I you get a, all that out. I, I am don't know. a hot mess. Okay. Like, <laughs> so this is the like only way we're anyone mess. who knows me is like nodding. They're like, "Oh yeah, have you seen her car?" It's just, like, yeah. <laughs> no. Like, do you know where your wallet is right now? No. no. Well, yes, because I made my phone and my wallet the same thing, and that's how there we go. That, I life hacked that. It seems like for those listening, it seems like people that either, that do stuff that's like really high detail focused. Yeah. It's either they have to control everything, or it's the actual opposite. And this is the only this thing is I can new. tell. If you Told me yeah. in, if you told me in college that I would be making 
like meticulous drawings i would have laughed at you because i hate it i made these big abex inspired you know i yeah. wanted to make giant man paintings you know i just yeah. wanted to be huge i wanted to be space i wanted to be <laughs> loud i wanted to be able to yeah bro painting um, and i thought that was the thing but i think i've realized like that fascination with texture sort of got in my head mm-hmm. and then it became this like replicating and that kind of like I'm kind of like stitching different parts of the world together, you know? And that for me, I, I like that. When you're trying to draw something, like if you're drawing something that's like, say I'm working on something that's based on photos of like the side of a mountain and I'm working on it. And when you get into that detail level, when you're that zoomed in, if I just walked away from it and I didn't give you any context or environment, it looks exactly like, like a choppy day on the ocean. Mm-hmm. Uh, like that is the base like all of these drawings for me I'm kind of fascinated by how if I really just look and replicate and I abstract from that in in what I can do with mark making if you don't have the texture and the physical surface and the shaping to give you context clues the like nature feels very similar like the patterns the organic shapes like there's a like a baseline there's like a base language that mm-hmm. things are built out of you know kind of like the, the mandelbrot set of everything like the fractal sort yes, of yes yeah. yeah yeah i was there's, like oh i don't know what that is oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. do i tell him mandelbrot is, the is just the guy that came up with the mathematical equation that right. through iteration illustrates fractals that are specifically right. called that. the mandelbrot set the mandelbrot. okay so now you got a screensaver i like that yeah, yeah. yeah. And now yeah. but i do think that's no, interesting though that's, because what you're right? talking about is 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 really what theoretically all that is which is essentially taking something that's a simple sort of essential formula and then it's only through um iteration that yes, that then larger um the image making you know re- recognizable things start to uh, appear and just in the case of the menobrot set it's just weird because it's like oh and it's also infinity and I'm super yeah, high right now. Yeah, but that's right. Well, yeah, I guess if you want to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I mean Andy and Andy's work is is I think similar. Completely like, similar. stoner sculpture. Yeah. Well, no, oh God. No, Andy, that's not what I said about your sculpture on the radio. So, right. um, it's totally not that, by the way. No, it's not. No, but I just mean it's like, funny he, it's so not that. like structural it. things, you know. Yeah. Like, I love how you decided to come on our podcast right before leaving Nashville so you can just go ahead and in one shot burn every yeah, bridge. Just burn every it, burn bridge. It, I'm doing that. It. This is my month. <laughs> right, but, if you come to me, I'll burn that bridge. What do you think your, what do you think your future is with Nashville, though? I guess it's probably hard to say because you don't, oh. like when you're going somewhere so far away to do something so bizarre and, and uh, like for you're going to like the fourth dimension so wow. it's sort of like uh they didn't tell you that over there no okay I did well not. it's gonna get weird okay um it's gonna yeah. get sporty too <laughs> yeah <laughs> they did tell me that i need to up my sports dressing game mm, <laughs> yes yes yeah no more casual Friday very sporty yeah, so yeah. I guess I'm curious as to whether you have any designs on how you're going to sort of keep tethered to Nashville or not, or... I mean, you know, like, yeah, my friend, I have a lot of friends here. And you have family here, too. I have, yeah, I have family and my sister's here. Um, Your busy sister lives here. I'm very busy, yeah. Um, <laughs> I know, she is so busy. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, why are you, you going to say tether to Nashville for your sister, the sister that's too busy to hang too out busy with you? To come to my, well... <laughs> I I think I've real this has been a really important time for me like like growing up having moved so much growing up having not really gone to a high school mm. having not really you know I started in junior college and then I was like a transfer student and even at Micah I think getting you know I had such a great experience there but I also 
was just sort of feeling out like I feel like this is where I've come to become an, an adult like mm-hmm. a person like a real person and like the crews that I've worked with at the museums here I do a lot of art handling I work for a conservator like I feel like those relationships have been like I really love those people and I don't see myself just being like all right peace like Ciao. Ciao. It is your form. Murphy's out. Yeah. Mic drop. It is your yeah. No, no matter these, how good or bad things have is, gone yeah. in certain time periods or whatever struggles right. you've had or whatever, it is um, a couple of episodes ago, I was talking to um, uh, these guys who make these uh, irreverent car reviews on YouTube, but they are coming from a literary analysis point of view. That's quite charming. And uh, they're literature, literature nerds, but we were talking about the notion of nostalgia, and one of them said something that I'll just never forget. It was such a great line. He said, uh, this guy, Nick, Nick the Roman, if you're listening shout out what's up he said <laughs> nostalgia is he said it's about the the imperfect moments where you were formed and so there's Ooh. it's you know, it's sort of like yeah. uh, we're talking about like how how um it's kind of like it does it it, it transcends these qualities qualitative sort of assessments of like was or like was this a good time or a bad time or a, it's all that it's all of the things in a time and doesn't matter about it's just that's when you it's a it's about when you were being formed in these various phases of your life so that's that's yeah. where the nostalgia really happens and that's why like the the a really terrible song can come on that you know in all artistic <laughs> measures is is a grotesque example of a song and i can't <laughs> believe that this made it into the airwaves or whatever but oh my god it reminds me of this yeah. thing you know? so um, anyway so it sounds to me like that you've got a lot of moments perfect and imperfect in which you were formed here yeah this is my that, third eye blind song <laughs> we actually right talked here. about that did you really <laughs> well, right those so hit you bad. you just freaked me out oh, no. <laughs> i was like either you listen to the episode which i certainly don't think you did because it's like two hours long with some very strange people uh that i appreciate but uh but no we were reason why we talked about third eye blind is we were making fun of classic rock radio mm-hmm. and we're not making fun of it talking about like uh, classic rock is always going to be a thing there's always a place for classic rock mm-hmm. like you're about to paint your cabinets like what are you putting on the radio yeah you know what i mean like mm-hmm. this is there's a place for it but we were just laughing about like how there's about 10 percent of all classic rock rotation uh that just seems to be left available for these very subjective insertions of things that should never be considered classic rock and third eye blind was (laughs) the thing that we came up with as like an example of like why is this on after skinnard or what (laughs) yeah 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 how did they get in i don't i don't know yeah yeah i didn't intend to move here you know my car broke down that's how i ended up here isn't that a great wow you should should have been a country singer i know that's that's a country song that is a country song yeah. What kind of car was it? It was a Nissan Xterra. Mm. Yeah, y'all remember those? Mm. So where, like, were you, where were you trying to get to? Uh, Florida. Oh, so from I, where? From, I had... You weren't going to stop and say hi to your sister? No, I have. <laughs> I have this, no, 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 I was here, so I had... How dare you? I had left drive my car. Drive through Tennessee? This is I had left my car in Baltimore, and then like my parents what about those were adorable kind, and they picked it what up for me. What were you smuggling I the door sm- panels I, I, I know, I know, right? There's ample space in that car. Um, no, I, was, I, I had come from Florida to see my sister mm-hmm. and my aunt, who lives in Huntsville, mm-hmm. and... I was leaving to like to go back to Florida oh, and see. figure you know I'd come back from my backpacking journey and uh-huh. I was like oh I it is time to figure out what I want to do with my life like I have a painting degree and 
no, you know, yeah. no idea. And a dream. And a dream. And an Xterra. And an Xterra. <laughs> and, then I didn't, and then I didn't have an Xterra. <laughs> yeah. And so my dream and that, you know, I now was just literally leaving. <laughs> yeah. That's the title of your memoirs. <laughs> and then I didn't have an Xterra. <laughs> and I didn't have an Xterra. It was pretty bad, too. It was like like my check engine light came on and I was like, I'm going to get off at the next exit. And then smoke <laughs> started oh, coming no. up. And then I pulled it and then flame yeah it was wow, flames a random a wild engine malfunction wow like, yeah that and was like that was scrap it made you wow. it, was an, it was an imperfect moment in which you were formed it was it was an imperfect and then i got a month to month off nolensville pike boom that's another yeah. country so you're just writing them like right? crazy. i know trying every goddamn taco i like <laughs> <laughs> This is legit. That's amazing. Hey, so, write um, this down. Somebody write this down for me. Text it to me so I don't forget it. That's really good. Hey, so um, so again, remind people what the dates are for the thing. Okay, June so June 8th from, uh, I think it's 5 to 8 p.m. Ground yeah. Floor Gallery. Ground Floor Gallery. Free booze or what? There will be free booze. Oh, yeah. yeah. We have Actually, a bartender. It's pretty exciting. Literally mixed cocktails. Mixed Not, cocktails. no box wine. This is my going no away. No donated keg. No. This is like fucking drinks, y'all. Yeah. I like We're how you're doing the drinks. going away that's going to yeah. last all summer. Right. Yeah, it's true. With Andy I'm really, Harding. I'm going to ring this out for yeah. sure. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. With Andy Harding, 5 to 8, June 8th. That's Saturday fantastic. night, you know. Yeah, come on, y'all. Yeah, come hang out. Awesome. And um, hey, Joe, do you got anything you want to you want to you want to uh, promo? Uh, yeah, if, if anybody who's in Memphis or anybody who's going to the Art of the South, I'll be there next Friday, June seventh. Uh, so that's at uh, Memphis College of Art. So that's Art of the South. It's a big regional that's be annual a really cool show, show we do every year. I've got a photo in there, so. Uh, come out and check out that show. I think it actually opens before then, but the the reception is on the seventh. So nice. Come on down to Memphis, see some art. Nice. And, and on the thirtieth of June, I'm playing a show in Centennial Park. It's called Unity. It's my birthday. Unity yeah. in the community. Is that right? Yeah. Thanks oh, a lot. You're a June baby. Yeah. I'm a June baby too. But I'm what? I'm in the Me Gemini too. world. Me too. Guys. What are you, are you in June? Yeah. What June, are you? Are June twenty fifth. No, you, uh, you're, on, you're, border, you're borderline. Yeah. You guys are both cancers. Yeah. Good, good, yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> so. We're not this Gemini dick. <gasps> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> back and forth and back and forth. What are you hey, guys y'all, doing? Y'all get it's 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 our time right now okay so um uh, it's both our time right now so, so centennial, <laughs> centennial park june 30th june 30th yeah it's full called band. unity in the community 12 hours of music 10 a.m to 10 p.m your band's not I'll playing be there 12 with a hours full band no we'll play for a half, we'll play for wow. half an hour between 1 and 1 30 well, I, I was gonna say when did you start a black metal drone band and when can i join um so uh all right and then what about uh so june 12th i just found out i'm this is well that's the day before my birthday okay so june 12th at the parthenon in nashville (laughs) the gallery that's whatever it's called there that i forget uh michael weintraub who we've had on the show before Uh is having an exhibition for his instrument head photos um just so happens that one of the portraits in the exhibition is of me oh you're in it Good. So uh, I you're holding like a sampler in front of your face, a boombox, a boombox, and a sampler. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, so uh, it's a really cool thing. Go check it out, June twelfth. The, the opening will be neat, and um, Jeff Coffin and Future Man will be playing a set and whatever. The oh, that's these, cool. Oh, great! And Jeff Coffin's also been on the show and as a friend. So uh, check out that episode as well. If, um, anyway, so then there's that, and then June eighteenth, I'm doing at the Nashville Public Library, Green Hills. 
right. location. I'm just doing like a kind of a screening of my sort of drone work and kind of a Q&A for like their community programming or whatever. So um, that's going to be really fun yeah. and really interesting and great. Uh, and then otherwise, uh, August 5th, Fort Negley, I'll have an installation complete that will be part of the what do you call it the first Saturday thing or whatever the art crawl yeah. thing uh, there it's uh, it's arts and music in Wedgwood Houston okay so I'm do I'm I'm the artist in residence for the <laughs> Metro Archives the first ever uh, so it's so I get sort of kind of figure set out the, this whole set thing. the pace set the pace so I've already selected a bunch of films I'm gonna have archived um, and then be able to create a new piece out of it to do something awesome so anyway um, very excited about that that's very cool, cool. And, yeah. and we'll see how that's it goes uh, shout out to Kelly Hicks uh, for working with me on that uh, she's been awesome that's cool so um, anyway well I guess that's pretty much it hey thank you All so right. much for thank taking you. the time thank, Jeez. No, hey, thank really you quick, so Aaron, much how do we uh, if people want to follow you what's the best way you're, you're Aaron Murphy Studio Aaron Murphy Studio dot com E-R-I-N Murphy Studio dot com yep at Aaron Murphy Studio and, on and that's where that's on Instagram mm-hmm. are you on Twitter no okay. Aaron Murphy Studio on Instagram, what is uh, on what is your the handle for your lurker account on Instagram? My lurker account. Yeah, the one that you use that's not really you, so that you can spy on other people. People, you can do that. This is I a phenomenon. Yeah, a this, lurker. I do have another account, but it's one that I had earlier. Like, don't you I, have like a catalog of exes that you want to be able to sort of like check I just in do, on? I but, feel like I'm very straightforward with my exes about <laughs> my stalking <laughs> them. I'm like, hey, excuse me, hey, like, yeah. Still you stalking. told me. Yeah. Oh, so <laughs> yeah. Great to see you. figured out that those shoes are trash. <laughs> no. Right. Oh, Remember when we fought God. about that six years ago? <laughs> right. Yeah. Still wearing cargo shorts, yeah, huh? Really. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I just troll. <laughs> heckling. If you know me. Great yeah. job, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, hey, thanks a lot, Joe. Thank thanks you. a lot. Thank you. I uh, really appreciate this, guys. We'll have you back when you come back and visit. Yeah. And you can Hopefully tell us about I, the I'm future. fluent then. They say, um, yeah, yeah. 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 talk. Talk. <laughs> All right, take it easy, everybody. Okay, guys, I love the Art Fight podcast, and I listen to every episode even though I am a robot trying to sound like an actual person. I know it takes a lot to keep the podcast going. How can I help? Go to anchor.fm forward slash podcast. Click on the button, the big old button that says support this podcast. And once you get there, you'll have three options. You can just choose the lowest level. You're going to pledge 99 cents a month to, to our production and, and help us out. Again, anchor.fm forward slash art fight podcast. Click on support this podcast. All right. Thanks, everyone.